Visitors, please pick up your welcome bag at the connection site in the back of the sanctuary or at our welcome and information desk. Everyone, please write your name on our friendship card. Fill in your address to receive the newsletter or update your information. On the back, you can put prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff and place in the offering plate. Enjoy, Enjoy the service! Let's try it again. Good morning! This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. pray. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your love. Lord, we pray for your grace. We pray that this service of worship will exalt your name, that God may be glorified through us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, Rejoice, the Lord is King.
Lord be with you. Please be seated. It is hurricane season. And we've decided that instead of taking up several different offerings for hurricanes, because they seem to be coming again and again, this one in Florida was particularly devastating. Just ask Doug and Jane Rout, just destroyed everything. We're going to take up an offering, and this will go to the, to the relief for the hurricane. So if you'd like to give a gift for the hurricanes, all you have to do is write on the envelope, UMCOR, or write on the memo part where your check is, U-M-C-O-R. That's our mission group that is already there working to help the people. Uh, they, send the, they send out the people and pay for the bill and hope that we'll help them reimburse that. So if you want to give, just write U-M-C-O-R on your check or on the envelope, and that will go directly to them. And we also have a mission moment about Operation Church School. That's, that's wrong. <laughs> overjoyed and we can see it on their face, you can see it on their eyes. Some of them are receiving the gifts for the very first time. They feel so happy because they see things they have never seen. Through this shoebox we want to tell a child that God loves you and he has created you. This is not you. We've been able to touch the lives of children all over the world to give them a gift and do it in Jesus' name. Through a very small thing, God is touching the world. For the rest of their lives, they remember that one. So many children in the world have no hope. And a simple box gives them that hope. From the shoebox to the greatest journey, this is the Great Commission. So I'm thankful that we participate in Operation's Christmas Child. We are a regional drop-off site for it, and I encourage everyone to pack a box for that. It's a mission of evangelism because through those boxes, the gospel is shared and many, many churches are built. So I encourage you to participate in that. I wanted to inform you of something we're starting next week, actually. It's, it'll be doing it uh, once a month. It's PCUMC Connect. Um, and so if you are fairly new or been here for a while or whatever, and you would like more information about the church or you'd like to figure out a way to get connected into the church to get to know some people or to get involved in ministry in whatever way, um, we're going to have a connection meeting to, uh, next week at 1015. So if you're interested in that, uh, let me know. Uh, we have many praises, many praises in our lives, and I'd love to hear what you all are thankful for today. Judy. Glory to Jesus. A bumpy ride in traveling. <laughs> Anyone else like to share? I'm hopeful that you're all coming to worship this morning with thankful hearts, with really hearts full of gratitude for the many blessings in your lives. So as we reflect on God's goodness Think about all the wonderful things in your life, the things that God has given to you, the people in your lives, the things in your lives, because God has blessed you greatly. So let's return our gifts, tithes, and offerings to the Lord.
your many blessings and we pray that you will receive these gifts, this offering that we offer up to you as a token of our thanksgiving, incredible gratitude for what you've done in our lives. We pray that your hand will be upon these gifts, that it will be a transformational witness in this world in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. When I say that fall is my favorite time of year, this is not the fall I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, like, hmm, it's kind of a dreary day. And, you know, I, I, I recognize that there are um, concerns in our hearts and that some of us here are feeling the way the weather looks. Um, we have a couple of um, families in mourning. Um, Nancy Kindred, um, please pray for the Kindred family. Nancy's mom passed away this past week, as well as the Boudreaux family. Martin's father passed away this week. Uh, coming up, uh, we have the memorial service, um, so in the, the first Sunday in November. So if you have a name of someone that you love that's passed on that you'd like to have, um, have read during communion prayers, please let us know about that. I also want to lift up, uh, Pastor Tom mentioned it, that Doug and Jane Rout had their home in Florida completely demolished. It is no longer there um, due to the hurricane. So please pray for them as well. And I'd like to hear if there are any other concerns you'd like to lift up to God. So your great grandson is in is a, is is in Children's Hospital. Two and a half years old was two and a half months old, and he has what? Spinal meningitis. His name is Braxley Poole. His mom is Miranda, and his dad is Zach. So please pray. Baby in great need. Anyone else? Yeah. Judy. Healing for Gloria. Anyone else? Yes. Tyler's getting his tonsils out Tuesday, so pray for Tyler. Anyone else? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Stella fell and broke her femur in two places yesterday. Very painful. Anyone else? All right, let's turn to the Lord. Gracious Lord, you are healer. You are love. We come to you offering up our lives to you, offering up our concerns to you. For all who have stated their concerns, Lord, we pray that your healing touch will be upon those that have been named and upon those who have not been named 
the things we carry in our hearts, the burdens on our souls, Lord, we offer it to you. We pray for your healing touch to be upon people who are struggling physically, that there will be healing, healing from disease, healing from pain, healing from broken bones, healing from all the different things that make bodies unwell. Lord, we pray for complete healing. We pray for those who are in caregiving positions, that you'll give them wisdom, and for people who are caring for others, that you give them peace and strength. Lift them up, Lord, and give them your encouragement. We pray for families in mourning, families with heavy hearts, that they will experience your comfort and your peace, that they will see your eternity and your light your goodness in the midst of their grieving hearts. Lord, we pray for our families. We pray for any brokenness, for relationships to be healed. We pray for relationships that are, that are struggling, that you will bring love, kindness, forgiveness, and grace. We pray for everyone that is going through the hurricane, Lord, the people that have had so much trauma through that. Lord, we pray that you will have your hand upon everyone in that area and upon everyone who is attempting to help, Lord. We pray for your hand to be upon that area, that they may experience you in the midst of it, that they will not be discouraged but live in hope and promise. Lord, you are a good God. You are a mighty God, and we're putting our trust in you. Help us to walk in faith. Be with us as we walk in trust. Lift us up if we're discouraged. And help us to experience you more, that we may be a witness, no matter what may come our way, that you are to be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. Good morning. Today's scripture comes from Exodus, chapter 5, starting in verse 22 through uh, 6, verse 12. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of this country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But my name 
the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh... Why would Pharaoh listen to me since I speak with faltering lips? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Bill. I mentioned something in the Bible study the other night, and someone came up to me and and asked me, are we having problems in our church? And, And I said, no, no, not really, particularly. And they said something interesting. They said, because in some ways it feels like when I first came to the church, it was more exciting than it is now. And then they said, maybe it's me. You know, it's a fascinating thing when we experience things in a different way. The first time is an amazing experience. When I was 14 years old and I first felt the power of God, the Holy Spirit reach into my heart, it was a life-changing experience, literally transformed who I was, what I was, like Moses at the burning bush going, whoa. But then it seems to change. When I fall in love, it will be forever. This is the young woman I met when I was 17 years old. Can you blame me? I mean, seriously, Marsha Brady, eat your heart out. (laughs) And I knew that I would never come close to a woman at this level ever again in my life. So we married young. We married young. And then over the course of life, it's interesting how even the person you love the the most becomes someone that walks by you and it isn't the same as that first time. Life can set in. Struggles come. Things are different when we get into what we might call normal life. And sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes we get disappointed. Sometimes we even feel like we fail. It's hard. And we're talking about what keeps us from getting to what God has promised for us, the blessing God intended for us. What's in the way? Today I want to talk about disappointment, failure, the struggle of life. Every day I wake up with hope. 
Every day I wake up with hope and I believe that I'm going to finish everything on my to-do list. Now that's virtually impossible since it'd probably take me like three years to do that. But I still wake up with that hope. Anybody else have that? And I have this delusional dream that I'm really going to get everything done that has to be done. I believe I'm going to find some love. That I'm going to do something that will help secure my family's future and bring someone a little closer to God. Bring a little more love into this world. Sometimes I succeed. But often I feel as if I have failed somewhere because it's not exactly what I thought it could be. One of the great philosophers once said, you can have in your mind the image of a perfect chair, but you can never build it. We have in our hearts and in our minds the perfect life we think we can create, the perfect church, the perfect faith, the perfect family, the perfect everything, but somehow it doesn't seem to work. And when Moses reported to the Israelites what God himself had said to him, they didn't listen to him because of their discouragement. Because we're just plain tired. And sometimes we just get tired. Amen? I know. You got up this morning. You came to church. Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) You could have stayed in bed. I guess I should have stayed in bed. My pillow wrapped around. I'm sorry. That's just going back to the day. And so what do we do? Well, we look for somebody to blame. Right? It's Pharaoh's fault. It's the Egyptians' fault. Did you notice? It's God's fault. Why, Lord, have you brought all this trouble on these people? This is why you sent me? I mean, really, really, God? You couldn't do better than this? You ever feel like talking that way to God? You know? Really? In the Bible, they do. They actually do. And then he blamed himself. Can't expect much out of me. I don't even speak well. So how am I going to accomplish all these things you want? You ever try to do one of these Rubik's Cube things? <laughs> I got to tell you the truth. I have actually done it once or twice in my life, years ago, when they were very popular. But most of the time, I actually get it to the point where it's almost there. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then you make a turn and it all goes south. We got a young man in our church, Corey Margarucci. You throw him one of these all mixed up, and in about 30 seconds, he's got it all. I don't know how he does that. Drives me crazy. Just like it drives us crazy when people make things look so easy, and for us it feels like such a struggle. So our our scripture verse this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 5. We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Oh, I didn't want that first. <laughs> what do you mean suffering? The struggles make us stronger and remind us what our real role in this world is. Now, as I was looking at the scripture, it was interesting that in verse 2, verse 3, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8 of one chapter, and it keeps going on throughout this whole book of Exodus, he keeps saying, I am the Lord. As if they're not hearing him because... They're not hearing him, right? 
I am the Lord. I'm in charge. I'm God. I'm still controlling the winds and the waves. I still direct history. And Pharaoh will do what I tell him to do. And the king will do what I tell him to do. And the president will do what I make him to do. And the dictators will do what I want them to do because I am God. A few years ago, we had something in the city of Berlin called the Berlin Wall. Anybody remember this? And one day, if you try to cross that wall from East Germany, you would have been killed. Lots of people tried. Most of them got shot or captured. And then the next day, all of a sudden, people are dancing on the Berlin Wall. Anybody remember that? I'm like, what? I'm like staring at the television set going, this can't be real. What happened? Did our military go in there and take over? Did somebody, did somebody conquer the East Germans? Did somebody like blow down the wall with a bulldozer? No, just one day. The East German guards put their guns down and walked away. I heard people say that there were Bible studies happening in the city and that the Germans thought this was spontaneous revolution, so they, so they walked away. I don't know. All I know is it, it, was a, it was so amazing. The only way I can see it is it was an act of God. God one day said the wall won't be there, and it wasn't. I mean, we read about it in the Bible, And we say, could it possibly happen today? It does happen. God is still God. He's still running things. He can still do, as he calls it in verse 6, mighty acts. He's going to have plagues. Now, I'm not going to go through the plagues in this sermon series because, man, that would be depressing. Could you imagine 10 weeks talking about plagues? (laughs) Plague of blood in the Nile. Frogs, gnats, flies. I hate flies. I don't know what their purpose is. <laughs> Livestock, boils. Oh, man, there's one I don't like. Hail, locusts. You know, we call them grasshoppers when we like them, but darkness and death. God can change the course of the world if he so chooses God doesn't change rules all the time or we'd live in chaos. We would walk out the door and not know where we're going to be. So the rules are set in place for our value so that we know what to expect out of life. But God can change the course of all these things. And he did. And sometimes when we see that, we, 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 we wonder if it could happen in our lives. Jesus walked on water and had Peter walk on water too. He healed people that were sick. In chapter 6 of John, he actually took a boy's lunch and he fed thousands of people with it. Do those kind of miracles ever happen today? Of course they do. Of course they do. I've had people from this very church report to me the different miracles that have happened in their lives. Some of them happened right here in church on a Sunday morning. Do they happen to everyone? No. Because if God were to do that, we would live in chaos, and that would make us crazy. We don't need chaos. We need to know what to expect out of life. But once in a while, God just says, no, I'm going to suspend all the normal rules because I am God. And that's the problem. We've forgotten who God is. It's not us. It's the Lord. And God does care. 
God is not sleeping on his, his seventh-day creation. He's not hanging out somewhere paying no attention. He says, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving. I remembered my agreement with them. I will bring them out of the yoke of slavery. God does care. Even when we feel like our lives are just a struggle, even a failure. I've heard nowadays that if you're 25 years old and you're not making $100,000 a year, you're considered a failure. Really? Really? What are the expectations we're putting on our young people? If they, if they don't get perfect grades in school, they might be, oh, well, like you. <laughs> I didn't say that, I know. <laughs> right? If they don't behave exactly the way you want, they're just human. I'm not excusing bad behavior. I'm not encouraging it. Young people, do the best you can. Get your best grades, right? But we put such a burden on people that if there's any flaw, any little, little problem at all, somehow we've decided we've lost. So how do we measure success in a world like that? In Romans chapter 5, it says to us, even when we suffer, suffer produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and say it with me, and hope does not put us to shame. See, our difficulty is, is, is we want to be God. We want to believe that somehow we've got it all together. I was talking yesterday in a conversation with some people, and they were talking about being good. Oh, I'm a good person. Well, I'm a good person. And I'm thinking, no, you're not. Nobody's good except God alone. I'm not good. Whew, take the burden off. I'm not that good. I'm sorry. I'm not admitting to some great, terrible thing that will embarrass you. I'm simply telling you, we all fall short. We all feel sometimes like we've failed. There's a lot of us that can never put that Rubik's Cube in the right way. In Isaiah chapter 55, God says to us, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God will do things. God made an agreement to do things, but he's going to do it his way, which also means he's going to do it in his time. Oh, that makes me crazy. Because God's time is all of eternity. We have this precious little time that we spend here and think that's the whole of what we'll get. God has such a long-term view. It goes beyond what we can imagine. Did you know that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who he's talking about here, it says that they, they lived in the land that he promised them to own but as foreigners, it says that right in verse 4, they were, they were foreigners. They never possessed the land. Neither did Joseph or, or Ephraim or Manasseh or even Moses never got into the land. They had to live for years with a promise that they would never see fulfilled. I heard a story about a poor man who had waterfront property right on the ocean. And a wealthy man came along and told him, 
you're not going to live there anymore. I'm a wealthy man. You live behind the mountain. I get the ocean view. And so he settled down in the poor man's property. And the poor man was behind the mountain. And he said, someday my family will see the sea again. But we need to move this mountain. Now, some people would have gone to just praying for God to move the mountain, which God could do. But this man prayed to God to move the mountain, and then he went out every day with a, with a pickaxe and a shovel and a wheelbarrow. And I said, well, if you did that all your life, you would never move a mountain, which is true. But he did it every day of his life, and so did his son and his grandson and his son's son and his son's son's sons. And 465 years later, they looked out and they saw the ocean. Somewhere across the sea, somewhere waiting for me, is a dream, is a hope, is a love, is a future, is a possibility that God will make his dreams come true in his way, in his time. If we hold on to God, Romans 5. I know. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope doesn't put us to shame. God will fulfill his promises. You know, after that passage in Isaiah 55 where he says, my ways are are my ways and you're not in charge, he says this to us. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's will will happen. God's purpose for your life will occur. Even if you never see the fruits of your efforts, God will make them happen his way. Because he says, I am the Lord, not you. Jesus fed thousands of people in John chapter 6. One of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. If you get a chance sometime, read it. Fed thousands and thousands of people. We don't know how many because he only counted the men, of course, you know. Go figure that, right? And one day, the people came back to him and said, dude, we want another fish sandwich. And he said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am. We've heard that over and over again in Exodus. I am. I am the bread of life. God is the answer to our needs, not a fish sandwich. And then he said these words to him. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Now I want you to forget about what we're going to do later. For just, just suspend it for a moment and, and imagine you've heard this for the very first time in your life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And they all went, Ew! Dude, that's just like weird. What a sicko. Are you kidding? Who can listen to this stuff? What kind of a what kind of a of a of a 
whack job are you? And Jesus' disciples, it says so right in chapter 6, hundreds of them, almost all of them, left him. Did you know Jesus felt like a failure that day? Did you know that even God can feel like he's made all his efforts possible with you and then something goes wrong and he wrestles with the same thing we do. We're made in his image. So what do we do? How do we get through this? What will make things different? Every day, I get up with the same hope that I'm going to finish my to-do list, that I'm going to find a little love somewhere, that I'm going to help secure the future for the people around me that I care about, that I'm going to bring somebody closer to God. And sometimes I succeed, sometimes I fail, and every day I get up and I do it again. See, that didn't work. (laughs) Every day, I do it again, and again, and again. And sometimes I get just a little piece of a loaf. I never get the whole loaf. I never succeeded everything. But I found that if you get a little piece here, a little piece there, a little part of life this way, and a little success, and this and this and that, eventually it adds up. I'm assuming that Corey has tried to put that thing together 10 bazillion times. You know, we just want to play with it once and have it work, really? Sometimes we need to trust God enough to actually live through the difficulty. We get out the effort we put in. Through commitment, never giving up. Like this frog. (laughs) You're going to take me down, man. You're going to take me down trying. (laughs) Jesus saw all his disciples walking away, and he looked at the, the 12, the ones closest to him, the ones that... It mattered the most. He said, are you going to leave me too? Can you, can you hear that? Jesus, our Lord, said, are you going to leave me too? You know, those words strike on all of us, don't they? When we feel as if God has let us down, when we feel as if life is not what we thought, when we feel as if somehow the miracles came to someone else, when we feel as if we're struggling and struggling and not getting to where we thought our lives would be. And this is the answer that he got from his disciples. Simon and Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are the Holy One. You're God. What would we do? Where would we turn? There is no other God. It's not another option. Even when I'm mad at God himself, 
He's God. The same one that touched me when I was 14 years old. So Romans teaches us. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. It's not always easy to see what will be. But God calls us sometimes in the midst of the struggle to just hang in there and wait to see what will happen. The more I search for my significance, seems the more I disappear. And I wonder, have I made a difference? In anybody's life since I've been here I can hear your laughter It's the sweetest sound I've ever known I don't know how love happens But I know I'm not alone And I do have faith Sometimes I see the truth And I'm touched by your innocence And now I'm not confused But you give me your love One thing I can't lose You believe in me And I still have faith Devotion Pass it on. You know, when you look at this passage and you try to find what is the truth that we need to hold on to, we need to learn that our hope really comes from our relationship with each other and our relationship with God. I fell in love with a young girl when I was 17, drop dead. Gorgeous, an amazing young woman. But love isn't about beauty, and love isn't even about how we can help one another. Love is just about being there with each other. You know, years ago, back in the 1900s, my wife would ask me that, that strange question that for some reason women like to ask men. Maybe men do too, I don't know. If, if I ever died, would you go marry someone else? <laughs> Don't you love that? Like, I'm 35 years old. Give me a break. <laughs> but after all these years, where would I go? To whom would I turn? Tomorrow I celebrate 42 years. And she's still as gorgeous as she's ever been. God God wants us to take hope from each other. But he wants us to take hope from our relationship with him too. He says he will redeem us from our slavery. He will take away the brokenness. He will make us good. Today when you say your prayer of confession and your sins are absolved, for a short little period of time you will be good. Live into that. It doesn't last long. And then stay close to God. In verse 7, he says to us, 
I will take you as my people. I'll be your God, and you will know, you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under slavery. God is your God. God is your God. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We started the sermon series. I said, you know, we had thought about saying how everybody's all messed up and does a bad job, but I think you're really doing a great job. You are a great people, and this is a great church, and we live in a wonderful country, and we don't need to be slamming everybody all the time. What we need to do is to realize that just because we haven't made it all the way to perfect glory doesn't mean that we're not on the way. Now let's not give up. Let's hold on to that. Let's hold on to the love, the wonder, the amazing power of God the lover of our very soul that changes everything for us today, for us forever. And that's a long time.
God when everything's just going right, but when we're in the desert place, when we're going through trials, when our plan isn't going just as we planned, <laughs> it's, it's hard. We get discouraged, but we need to praise. We need to praise and thank and exalt God even in our struggles, even in our trials, even when we fail, because God is always good. And I suspect all of us have had moments of discouragement, moments where we questioned, moments where we wanted to just give up. And so as we present ourselves to the Lord this morning, as we come forward to a table of grace, I ask you to say a prayer of confession along with me. Lord, I am a sinner. I need your grace. Forgive my sins. Heal my doubt. Heal my discouragement. Help me to see you in the midst of everything, in the midst of trials, in the midst of failure, in the midst of troubles. May I exalt you and live for you. Give me your strength. Give me your peace. Give me your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and this proves God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. I was, I was just going to jump right into it. Let's share this peace of the Spirit with one another. <laughs> Yeah. Not 10 o'clock yet.
and God does abide with us. Amen? Amen. You know, that's the thing about all the stuff of our life. Everything down here, circumstances, things are constantly changing. Things are constantly fluctuating about what's good, what's bad, what's going on. Is my life good? Is my life bad? But God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? There is no changing with God. God is who God is, and God loves us, and God cares for us, and God loved us so much that he sent his son to be what was needed to bring us back to relationship with God, to completely overcome sin and spiritual death and all of those things that would seek to cause us pain and harm. We go through it, but God goes with us. Amen? And God invites us to the table so that we can remember that. God invites us to the table so we can experience that abiding with God. When I come to the table and receive the bread and the juice, I receive God and I know that he is with me. And you can know that too. Everyone is welcome to come to the table. Not because I invited you, but because Jesus invited you. If you love God, Repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ. This table is a welcoming place for you. So come. Even if it's your first time here, you are welcome. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you, and he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood. The blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. 
for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice, in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward. Just do this. Self invites you to this table, the blessing where we actually receive him for eternal life. You're welcome to come, whoever you are, to join us at the table. 
at the rail for prayers for healing or commitment to light a candle. Come and join us with God.
Please stand if you're able. Today is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. has made you perfect. Unless you messed up between that prayer of confession and now, which maybe you did. You are perfect. You are good. 
I go out and live from good to good, from glory to glory. And even if you fall back, remember, God will make you good again. Be a blessing. Endure. Have hope. Because hope won't ever put you to shame. Go in that peace and grace now and always. Amen.